Last night, the Carolina Hurricanes were able to take away the game to win in overtime, but this game was not without controversy as there was quite a few issues with the officiating, and we will talk about the Hurricanes win as well as the issues with the game in this episode of Locked on Hurricanes. Your Locked on Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Kaniacs. I'm your host, Jared Ellis, and you're listening to Locked on Hurricanes on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And as always, thank you for making Locked on Hurricanes your first listen of this Wednesday, Thursday afternoon. I totally forgot what day it was there for a second, but Again, thank you for making Locked on Hurricanes your first listen. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes and myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. And in today's episode, folks, we'll be talking about last night's game two against the New York Islanders. The Hurricanes obviously came away with the 4-3 overtime win. That was Jesper Fast first ever career playoff game winning goal. So big congratulations to him. And we're going to need it because now we are without Tavo Terabyte. And let's just go ahead and dive on into what everyone is talking about. You know, the Hurricanes, you know, are outmatching the New York Islanders. I think everyone kind of knew that heading into the series. So the Islanders, you know, in game two really brought the physicality. And that's understandable. I could see why they would do that. But they really resorted to some dirty play in, in this game. They really, really did. And that's what everyone is talking about today. And, you know, we're going to you know, dive into all this. You know, there were several missed calls. I know a lot of people, you know, talk, especially Islander fans, are talking about the, uh, you know, missed calls, you know, that the Hurricanes got away with stuff. And, you know, yeah, the Hurricanes did get get away with stuff in this game. Okay, they got away with stuff in game one. Every team gets away with stuff in every single game, regardless of the sport. But you play like you did last night. Yeah, the Hurricanes are going to get the power play opportunities. What the heck do you expect? Okay, you have you draw blood with a high stick on Sebastian Ajo. Yeah, you get assessed a double minor uh, for that. You know, but uh, and that was uh, just uh, Sezikis getting that. But, you know, Clutterbuck, he left his feet to board Ajo. No call. Blood was drawn on Brett Pesci. Nothing. There was Matt Martin's absolute Bush League level play in this with him leaving his feet to cross check Jordan Stahl and then sitting on him. Sitting on him. Nothing. Yeah, and I was just total BS. And you know, he got says, you know, uh, I believe it was an interference call. We're gonna look to see what the call was for that because it was not it was not sufficient. It was absolutely not sufficient. Yeah, it was an interference call, and that was it. No call for the 
fact that the guy, you know, cross-checked him. No cross-checking penalty. And then nothing for sitting on him. Nothing. They're resorting to this level of play because they cannot outplay the Hurricanes. They can't do it. And then, you know, you also had, you know, the thing that everyone is talking about now is, you know, Tavo Teravainen now being out for the rest of the series with a broken hand from an uncalled slash from John Gabriel Paget. We've all went back and watched the footage. We're going to hear what Rod Brindamore had to say about it in a little bit. But the dude just tomahawk chocks his hand in nothing. Absolutely no call. Okay. Yeah, the Hurricanes did get you more power play opportunities. But when you're playing like this, what do you expect? Okay. A lot of Islanders fans are talking about Martin Oak's high stick in overtime. One, that's not that's not really something that's going to get called in overtime. But I challenge you to go back, watch the slowed down replay. You will see Mayfield hit Martin Oak's stick up and not like a little tap. You can see it bounce off. Okay. Go back and watch it. Stop whining. Realize that your team is playing dirty because they cannot outskill the Hurricanes. So they're having to resort to dirty tactics like this to try to get a win. And thankfully, the Hurricanes are not stooping down to the level, though I do fully expect them to be giving the Islanders their receipts in Game 3. I expect that. I really expect the Hurt. Are they going to be a Bush League level team like the Islanders in Game 3, in Game 4, and so on? No. They're not going to stoop down to that level, but I do fully expect them to be bringing some more physicality in the coming games. I do. It was absolute BS the way the things that the Islanders were getting away with. And yeah, they did get called for a lot, as they should. But the thing is, you know, the Hurricanes, they only got, I believe, one power play goal. They went one for six on the power play. And that's not good enough for the Hurricanes. I'm seething about the Islanders and what they were able to do with, get away with in this game and what they were able to do. But the thing is, the Hurricanes had two double minors that they failed to convert on. Can't do that. Especially that first one looked like the power play from the back end of the regular season. It was pretty darn bad. And again, I knew that you know the Hurricanes power play wasn't going to be you know as good as it was in game one throughout the rest of the playoffs. I knew that. But again, you had two double minors in this game and you failed to convert on it. And that that frustrates me. Uh not nowhere near as much as the Islanders uh Bush League tactics. But you know. this is really going to be a physical series going forward. And, you know, going into this series, we have always talked about when Metro teams play each other, that physicality ramps up some. But again, the fact that Islanders are having to sit on people, break people's hands, you know, to try to get an advantage in this game, 
that's not right. Uh, but again, we did get to hear from Rod Brandemore and what he had to say after last night's game. And this is what Rod had to say following last night's game. No doubt about it. I mean, it wasn't a pretty game by us. I thought uh, the other team played really hard, and New York was good. And and certainly in spurts, we were okay. Um, probably played our best hockey when we got down. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to find di- different ways, especially we know kind of the way we have to do it is going to be maybe like that. Were you, on that note, were you, were you concerned that you guys had trouble getting to your game for, for kind of big chunks of it? Or? Well, it was, you know, that end of the second was the killer. Because we had games, we weren't playing great, but we were in good shape and then kind of gave them one. So that was like, uh, you know, obviously they got their momentum going and they feel good about what was happening. So, but no, because this is the playoffs. I keep, people keep thinking we're supposed to dominate the game. I don't understand this. Like, they're a good team. And... You know, they had us on the ropes, and my guys came back and said, you know, enough, and they gave it back. So that's how it's going to go. And, and do you have any update on Tavo? Yeah, he's out. He oh, got wow. slashed, 425 marker. He broke his hand with the puck, takes the shot. The guy absolutely tomahawk chops him, absolutely. And I know we had all the power plays, so you're not going to make it a five-on-three. Go take a look at the video. And he's out for the series. So... There you go. And they're going to complain about all power plays, but it's a tomahawk chop. And we just watched it. He has to have surgery tomorrow. There you go. So I'm a little pissed, I'll be honest with you. Uh, the stall line has been kind of, your, your kind of the bread and butter of this team to be able yep. to shut down matchup lines, but also to get the game winning goal for you guys. Just how important has you know, stall and obviously Marta and Austin this year, but the past years, how big has he been to this team and yeah. this culture? I think we talk all the time in here, so we appreciate him and that line and what they do and how they play. Um, I think maybe, you know, obviously tonight again. I mean, it's every night. You know, he's our leader, and I can't say enough good things about him. It's probably overall just the way they play consistently and, you know, hard to play against. And it was nice to see them get rewarded because a lot of times we don't talk about them enough that whole line but they are uh, there are they're what we're all about and they always said you know depth, depth will take you far in the playoffs and so you had chip in some Mason staffing two new guys to the team this year and how big have the additions been from everybody getting onto the floor for you yeah uh, <laughs> can't keep repeating myself but the only way we're going to get it done is different guys every night and collectively as a group that's just the way it's going to have to be was it deflating at the end of the second? When yeah, totally. So that was, you know, it's just not how we normally do things. So that was a tough blow. Um, like I say, it was not like we were playing great, but when you're up, you think you're going to go in, kind of regroup with the lead. That's, you know, you're in good shape. But, uh, you know, that obviously didn't happen. 
have you seen have you had a game where you've seen more guys down the tunnel cut things like that? No, probably not. You know, there's a couple of weird things in that game didn't like. Obviously. Um, but you know, guys they they get it. I mean it's playoffs. But some things shouldn't been shouldn't be happening, that's for sure. I'm assuming you weren't surprised that Jordo came out for the second. Well if he can go, he's gonna go. I mean there's no doubt about it. Wait, when the period ended with Jordan going down and all heck broken on the series, is it, is it hard for a team to regroup when that happens? Or does it take a while for the blood pressure to come down? Um, you had the intermission to do that, but how does it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it, it just depended on, you know, you're worried about the severity of the injury. So that's the only concern. And so you go in and talk to him. He's like, okay, I can, I can come out. So now I, I think everyone was, you know, okay. I think it, it, he, the, the, the intermission is a time to totally do what you just said, regardless of how the game's going, good or bad. It's just reset, reset. All right. All right. Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. On the flip side, what was your message to the team in that intermission before overtime? Well, I, I was just uh, kind of like, listen, we can start over here, you know. I mean, it didn't really matter how we got there. And if we can just let's try to find a semblance of what way we want to play and um, I thought we did that. I thought it was, again, it was a reset. Um, you know, probably maybe fortunate to get the tying goal, but it was, at the same time, we did have some good opportunities. And um, it's just, like I said, it's time. So Rod had a lot to say. He was also not happy about, uh, you know, Tavo getting knocked out of the series. Uh, but, you know, one thing you talk about, second period. It wasn't great for the Hurricanes. It was really when the wheels started to fall off of this game, to be completely honest. And we will talk about that right after this quick break, folks. Now, folks, there is something exciting coming to Built.com on April 22nd. That's just a few days away. I don't have all the details yet, but the excitement is real, and it's something you won't want to miss. If you know how Built works, they have the most incredible protein bars in the world, and they do all these amazing flavor drops with unreal flavors in limited quantity. So mark your calendars and head to Built.com on Saturday, April 22nd to be one of the first to discover what all of the hype is about. I can't wait to see what this new flavor is because they always hit it out of the park. And don't forget, whenever you go over there on Saturday, April 22nd, make sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Now, getting back to the Hurricanes, again, the second period was rough. And, you know, yeah, you know, the Hurricanes you know, got, you know, had some puck luck. You know, the Islanders ended up scoring in their own goal. You know, Steph Nason got the credit for it. But, you know, the second and, you know, that was something you know, that the Hurricanes, you know, took advantage of. But again, the second period is really when the momentum shifted for this game. Uh, the first goal that the Islanders scored, the Kyle Palmieri goal, in my opinion, that goal should have been challenged. I felt that that was a big momentum shift for the game. The Islanders were able to get on the board given uh, they kind of it could have been goalie interference there. I would have challenged because his skate was right on Auntie Ronta's preventing him from getting the turn and, and make trying to make a save. So 
my opinion, that one should have been challenged. Uh, similar sentiment was shared by Trip Tracy, Mike Maniscalco, and then uh, most most folks online were feeling that that should have been challenged as well. And I feel that that was a big momentum shift and gave the Islanders a spark. And then, of course, you know, there's the things they're getting away with in, in the game. But you know, eventually, you know, Islanders, you know, were able to take the lead. And, you know, there was that uh, Matthew Barzell goal. I believe that was the one where they tied it. And that was just absolutely poor, poor puck management in the neutral zone, and which led to a goal for the Islanders. They tied it up. Can't be doing that. Cannot be doing that. That was, that was an issue for the Hurricanes in the regular season was sometimes some poor puck management, especially in neutral zone. Can't be doing that. You can't be doing that. And thankfully... You know the Hurricanes were able to come out, come away with a win, but again, this is playoffs. Like Rod said, this is a good team. You're not playing against a team like you know Arizona or Montreal or you know someone that's going to be in the lottery for the number one pick. No, like you make mistakes like that. These teams that you're playing against right now are going to take advantage, and it's just going to get harder and harder and harder as the series in playoffs go on. Like, yeah, you could maybe get away with it once in this series against Islanders. Then you play the, we'll just assume the Rangers. Are you getting away with it there? No, you're not going to get away with it there. Then, you know, you get to the conference final against Boston, and who I assume will be there. No, you're absolutely not getting away with it with it against the Bruins. And then yeah, whoever you know, happens to come out of the West. No, you're not going to get away with that kind of stuff with these teams right now. This is a playoffs. It's not the regular season. It's not the preseason. You're not going to get away with stuff like that. But you know, Jacob Slavin, you know, he came in clutch. You know, everyone knows he's not a goal scoring defenseman. And he came in clutch for the Hurricanes to tie it there in the third. And then and overtime, Jesper Foss, like we mentioned at the top of the episode, was also getting the game-winning goal. Again, his first game-winning playoff overtime goal. And now, you know, we're going to need these guys, you know, stepping up. I've said before that this team is at their most dangerous and their best when they're playing a full team game. And, you know, that's what you had. You know, guys that, you know, typically, you know, aren't scoring goals like Jacob Slavin. You know, tying it up, forcing overtime. Jesper Faust, you know, he's more of a depth guy, scoring the overtime winner. And we got to hear from both of those guys after the game, and this is what they had to say. Please just raise your hand, wait for one of the microphones before you ask your questions. I know you guys are primarily put out there to, to shut down the other team's top line, but it seemed like you guys finally had a, a pretty good transition opportunity there at the end. Is that kind of what happened? You just curl back up ice and speed? Yeah, in fact, the puck got stuck a little bit in the neutral zone, and then I don't know if Burns, you made a great play to Jordo for for side and just tried to drive uh, back post, and uh, yeah, great pass by Jordo, and I don't really know where it went in, but uh, yeah, great feeling. 
Jacob, uh, we occasionally see goals scored from below the goal line, but not many scored from that far below the goal line. What did you see there? I mean, were you looking at the back of his head when you got the puck on your stick there? Honestly, I was looking for the pass the whole time, and then last second I just I saw his head and put it in the vicinity and ended up getting a lucky bounce. And sort of for, for either of you guys, the, the, what was the mood like in the, in the first intermission after the, the hit on Jordo and kind of everything that happened there? Did you guys talk about that at all, or was there any sort of discussion of regrouping or playing between the whistles or anything like that? Yeah, we we know we have to play between the whistles. I mean, special teams is huge uh, in the playoffs, and you know, we had a power play coming up. So I think we were, our main focus was going out there and trying to put one in on the power play. Um, we know it's going to be a physical series. We know it's going to be a grind series, and uh, that's just how these two team, our our team and their team is. And so um, it's going to continue to be physical. But uh, yeah, playing whistle to whistle is huge, and, and not giving uh, that many opportunities they don't need. You guys have played the matchup game all season, all, all the time, but is there anything in the playoffs that makes it a little more difficult to keep up with guys, or is it just kind of the same ball No, in fact, like you said, we've been playing kind of the same way the whole year. We know when we're going out on the ice, it's not really, I don't feel like Schroed even have to tell us too much when we're going out on the ice. We see who's going on the ice, and then, yeah, we, we just know. What was the vibe on the bench like when you guys go down for two? Yeah, I feel like... Yeah. And we probably didn't play at our absolute best until that happened, and then we just got to play. We started to play with a more uh, emergency. I feel like we, yeah, put more pucks in that and uh, yeah, find a little more rhythm the way we know we can play. You know, just more more urgency. I mean, we we know how we have to play, and we we've been a team all year that will battle hard until that last buzzer goes. And we know we, I mean. Look at our game in Phil. We scored with it was a point three seconds left, and so um, we're going to play hard until that last buzzer. Is that power play goal one of the more unique goals you've seen? I think right now Stephen Mason gets the goal and has no shots on goal. So you're talking to two non-power play guys, but yeah. yes, uh, <laughs> um, no, definitely, definitely an awkward one, and I mean we'll take it. Yes, for just to be clear, were you shooting backside post on the game winner? I mean, did you have enough clarity of what you were doing there? To yeah, I was aiming far side. I didn't see exactly where he went in. I haven't seen the replay either, but uh, I felt like it was a pretty good shot. So it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. So, you know, that power play goal that they're talking about, you know, being that awkward one that uh the islanders scored on themselves but yeah the hurricanes you can take it anyone would take it yeah it goals a goal and it don't matter uh but yeah we also did get to hear from the guy who opened the scoring for the hurricanes as well as the guy in between the pipes who we're going to be seeing a lot more of right after this quick break folks For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle, even if the part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check so you know that the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confident is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And 
with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home the win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, again, Paul Stastny, he was the guy that opened up the scoring, and Auntie Vanta was the guy in between the pipes yet again for the Hurricanes. And I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of Auntie Ranta as of late because Frederick Anderson was not playing last night. He was not available. I did see on the broadcast, he's on long-term IR due to illness. I wonder what it is. I heard where he had a rough skate practice. Uh, Pyotr Kochekov had been recalled on an emergency basis uh, before game one. Again, yeah, he was just kind of serving as emergency backup, but now he's the backup for the Hurricanes. We're rolling with the tandem that we had last year again. So Freddie Anderson has yet to make his playoff debut for the Hurricanes. We'll see how long this lasts. I know you have the Bruins having the same issues with guys not playing due to illness. So we'll see what happens there. But we did get to hear from Auntie Ranta and Paul Stassi. And first, we're going to hear from the man himself, Auntie Ranta, who has been absolutely really darn good. Stellar, even, for the Hurricanes. But this is what he had to say. They made the comeback and, uh, you know, as a goalie, you, you kind of look those goals and you, especially now after the game, you can look those and, you know, think what you can do better. So, uh, but yeah, the win, the win is the only thing that matters. So, uh, you know, guys played, guys played great in front of me and they, they, they battled back and, you know, obviously get the, get the tying goal there and, and then get to the OT and score a goal. It's a, it's a huge, huge team effort again. How much did you feel the just energy and momentum shift as the game got tied at three there? Uh, yeah, obviously, you know, kind of took a little life out of the building when, when they scored the third one. But, you know, we, we get playing the same way and we get we were we were putting pucks deep and, and you know, putting shots at the net. And, and, you know, when you do that, good things happen. And, you know, we were. We were fortunate enough to, to get that tying goal and get to the OT. So, uh, you know, then the, then the building was buzzing again. So, uh, yeah, obviously, uh, obviously great, great feeling to get this win. You guys had a lot of practice kind of with the comeback wins throughout the season. It seems like that kind of work paid off for you guys tonight. Yeah, like I said, like, like I said before, uh, you know, there's been games where I, where I felt like I, I didn't play as good as I, as I can. But, but these, these guys, you know, they just bailed me out and, and kind, of, kind of like that today feeling so uh you know we we just never give up it doesn't matter what the what the score score is you know if, if there's still a little bit time you know we we will keep doing our best and we will play our style and and you know good things usually happen so uh yeah it's just a resilient so again you know auntie ronta you know the hurricanes gotta stick to their stick to their game and you know they've really resilient we've said it many times this is not a team that just rolls over like all right yeah easily uh, like i said that second period was a big big momentum shift in favor of the islanders and there's teams out there that they would have just you know let the islanders continue rolling hurricanes did not do that and you know the hurricanes fought back jacob slavin you know got that uh game tying goal uh jesper foss got the game winning goal 
I get there are many teams I would just whatever you know just kind of get all you know down and down in the doldrums and you know feel like ah man the game's lost and you know that wasn't the case with this team and you know auntie ranta you know it's going to be interesting to see how things go with him for the rest of this series and the playoffs in general like what's the deal with freddie anderson yeah yeah we have you know two good options there with ranta and kochekov but freddie anderson he's supposed to be your number one goalie and he is still yet to make his playoff debut for the team. And Antiranta, he's been the hot set of hands uh, at the end of the regular season. So, yeah, you're going to want to roll with him to start things off. But we still haven't seen Freddie in the playoffs for the Hurricanes, which is wild. But, you know, it is what it is with him. Uh, and hopefully, you know, he gets better soon. Hopefully, Havo gets better soon. Hopefully, you know, Jordan Stahl, you know, if he's got anything nagging from last night, Hopefully he's feeling better than Brett Pesci and Sebastian Ajo and all the other guys that got hurt. Hopefully they're all feeling better soon. But, you know, the guy that opened up the scoring for the Hurricanes, Paul Stadsnick, you know, he, we got to hear from him last night. And, you know, one thing that I probably should have mentioned already, but it didn't, is the fact that you know, the Hurricanes need to continue to score first in these games, get the momentum on their side early. We talked about in the regular season how they were so dominant whenever they scored early and scored first. And you know, they were right up there with Boston. I actually think the Hurricanes were number one uh, in that uh, regard whenever they scored first in terms of games won. And you know, that's something that needs to continue in this series. Get the momentum on your side early and have the Islanders dig themselves out of the hole. Let's not have the Hurricanes digging themselves out of holes. So we did get here from Stasny, and this is what he had to say as well. Paul, their fourth line kind of is their identity. You know, they call it the identity line. To come out, especially early in the game, and kind of beat them one-on-one, did that really help set a tone tonight? Uh... I don't know. I mean, they, they play a similar style that we do, you know, and they just they try to roll them. It's, obviously, they're going to get their hits in. Um, but if we win, if we get possession, which is, we try to do off the face off and make the play defense, then it's hard for them to get on the get aggressive. And they had a couple of big hits. A couple of guys took, you know, took those hits to make plays. And then from there on, I think uh, we try to make them play defense. And we, yeah, we had a goal early on them. And then we might add a goal. I think Slav was, was out there, stuck out there. But um, I think the first goal and the third goal are kind of the way we play where we just kept grinding them, forced them to ice it. They're stuck out there. They're tired. And then we catch them. You know, we get a fresh line change, and we catch them being tired, and we take advantage of them. How important is it to get, like, your goal, a tip on Sorokin, or kind of maybe a little bit more odd goals against him than, than clear shots? It seems like he's takes something special yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I mean, the same thing, I think. Both goalies, you know, even Rantz, they're – all these goals are so good. If they see the puck, they're going to stop it unless it's a perfect shot or the puck's rolling and it's hard to kind of read off the blade. But um, that's how you score. You, you know, you got to get tips. You got to get shoot from bad angles and just keep peppering them. And, you know, eventually they're going to go in or or you could have an unreal shot. And, and that's what we had there at the end to win it. Did this feel like a familiar story in a way for you guys? Maybe not playing your best for the entire game. Never know who's going to score. Comeback victory. Feels like we've seen that a lot this year. Yeah, I just, I just think the first game and this game – I think we're both up 2 nothing, And then you have a tendency to sit back a little bit and not play as aggressive. Um, 
So sometimes, it, sometimes it's hard like that. When it was 2-2, I thought we got to play in our game. Actually, they scored, and then we kind of they took the life out of us a little bit. And then I think kind of halfway through the game, we had a couple of shifts that got the momentum back, and then obviously Slava's goal. But uh, yeah, I mean, each game is harder. That's just playoffs, you know. Now next game's gonna be even harder than game one, which was harder than game two, or game two is harder than game one, and just so on. But um, that's kind of the grind of it. You went on the squad last year, but the team struggled to kind of win on the road. What's the key in your mind to getting those wins in New York and on the road? I don't know, sometimes it's nice being on the road. I think there's less pressure. Uh, you know, as, as a coach, you can just, you know, throw your lines out there. You know, you're not matching. So sometimes at home, it's, it's a little tougher. But, um, yeah, we feed off the crowd here really good. And obviously, like I said, when Slavo got that goal, you know, the crowd really got us back into it. And we had a bunch of chances there uh, at the end of the third. But uh, for now, I think we just got to try to play our game. I think we got to minimize their turnovers and, and just try to get behind them and kind of play that grind game and, and try to get that crowd out of it. But it's going to be loud there. And it's going to be fun. So, yeah, right there at the end, talking about winning on the road. That is going to be key in in these next two games. They've got to win on the road. They did not do that last postseason. It cost them. It could have cost them in the first round. But the Hurricanes, they have got to win on the road. And, yeah, they did. The Islanders, you know, the hits were heavily in favor of the Islanders after last night's game is absolutely wild. Uh, The Hurricanes had 28 hits in that game. The Islanders had 54. The Hurricanes have really got to bring an extra level of physicality. Don't stoop to their level in that game, in, in the rest of the series, because you imagine that the unders are going to continue to try to goad the Hurricanes into stooping down to that level. And the Hurricanes cannot do that, but they also you know, need to bring some physicality themselves. And you know, play between the whistles, you know, no sitting on people and doing you know cheap stuff. None of that. But you know, lay neck lay some extra hits and you know, the Hurricanes they they got to fight back. They can't get pushed around, which you know, they're, they're not the same team that they were in 2019, 2020. That kind of would get pushed around. They're not that team anymore, but they're really going to have to bring it. They're really going to have to bring that physicality in game three and game four. And they're really going to have to be on their A game. I said it before. You had two double minors in this game that you failed to convert on. The first one, looking god-awful. The Hurricanes, they, their power play has got to show up. You know, the one power play goal you had in this game was a weird one, uh, but it was a power play goal, and you know, and that's you know, what's going to show up uh, on the stat sheet, but the Islanders scored on themselves. So, in a way, they also didn't get a power play goal. So, it is what it is there. Uh, game two is behind us, but definitely need to take some notes from this one. Bring the physicality. Don't stoop to the level. Play between the whistles and show up offensively. That They have got to do like they were in the regular season. Score first. Keep that momentum going. And like Paul said, you're up 2 nothing. You know, it's easy where you can just sit back some. There are kids they can't do that. They need to keep that momentum going. This is the playoffs. 
Yeah. All right, you're up two nothing. If you end up three nothing, four nothing, then fine. It's the other team's job to stop you. I'd say the same thing if the Islanders were the ones, you know, that were up two nothing, three nothing, four nothing. Okay, it's your job to stop the other team, keep the momentum and the pressure on. That's what the Hurricanes are really going to have to do, and I really, really want them to come away with some wins on the road, at least one. Like, come on now. You know, I, again, yeah, I figured this series, you know, goes six games. Skill said seven. Okay. I, we're expecting, you know, the Islanders to get wins in this series. We're not expecting a sweep, but they've got a win on the road. And I would like to see them get at least one win on the road. And we will talk about game three and preview game three tomorrow. And in the meantime, make sure you are following Locked on Hurricanes on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes and myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Enjoy the game two win. Get well soon to Tavo and everyone else that got hurt. And as always, let's go Canes.